This episode of The Happiness Question is brought to you by Jay Schiffman. Jay Schiffman is a public speaker, coach, and host of the Choose Your Struggle podcast. He interviews people with lived experiences on the topics of mental health, substance misuse, and recovery, and drug use and policy to help end stigma and normalize difficult conversations through empathy and vulnerability. Each year, over 125,000 Americans die from overdose and suicide combined. I'm not even talking about the other causes of death related to substance misuse and mental health. Just those two. Those are our friends, our neighbors, our family members. They go to our churches, eat next to us at our favorite restaurants. They talk to us through our favorite podcasts. And these deaths are completely preventable. There are massive system changes that need to happen. But until we can have an honest conversation about these topics, these lives will continue to be lost. That's why Jay produces the Choose Your Struggle podcast. That's why he tells his story. As a guy in long-term recovery who survived two suicide attempts and an overdose, he recognizes his privilege. He's been given a second chance in a country and a world where most people don't even get their first. For him not to use it for something truly meaningful would be a waste of his second chance. That's why he gives up every day to work to end the stigma and ensure that those who need help get the help they deserve, because we're in this together. Check out his podcast, Choose Your Struggle, by listening wherever you find podcasts. Previously on The Happiness Question, we learned about Max Ivey's life, his struggles both in being blind and in running a business started in the legacy of his father. We learned that asking for help is a good thing, that success doesn't just happen in one night. It's a constant process. Taking care of yourself can make all the difference, and most importantly, that sometimes something bad has to happen before something good can come from it. If you haven't listened to the first episode already, I highly encourage you to do so. If you have, great. This episode is just about to start right after this break. Today's episode is sponsored by Anchor. It's the great podcast creator and distributor that helps make the happiness question possible. They make it easy to distribute your podcast onto more than 10 platforms, including Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts, all without you lifting a finger. Even better, everything they offer is free. You can even get sponsorships for your podcast with no minimum listenership required like I've got. If you're looking to start a podcast of your own, there's no better place than Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. And eventually, I would thank my uh, my cousin who was responsible for finally forcing me out of the business for good. I would thank him because my life is so much better in all aspects than it would have been if I had stayed. And who knows, I may not even be alive now if I, if I were still doing what I was doing. Wow. That's kind of a scary thought, isn't it? It is. And it's, it's sad that most of us have to get to a, a crisis point to make change. I mean, think about how many people who are now blogging, podcasting, running their own brick and mortar because they lost their jobs in their homes in 2008, 2009 during the, during the home mortgage meltdown. They were forced out. They didn't have anything else to do. They were, for the first time in their lives, they were free to try something they wanted to do. But it seems like it does take crisis, a health, a health emergency, a business emergency, possibly getting to that point where your company says you're too old, we don't want you here anymore, or 
things like that that give people the freedom to make those changes or they force you to have to make them. Sometimes it takes something bad to have something good happen. Well, I've had people ask me, Max, how'd you get so wise? I tell them it's easy when you had 20 something years of failure, disappointment and setbacks. The guy who gets up, the guy who's best at getting back up is the guy who's been on his ass a lot. Excuse me, but that's the truth. Never thought about it like that. Yeah, and I've been on my back a lot in my lifetime. So how do you find happiness in your own hardships and experiences? Well, just like with anything else, a big part of happiness, positivity, optimism, is you have to decide that you're going to find it. I like to say that Finding a positive is just like finding a TV remote. It's there somewhere, and you just keep looking for it till you find it. If you have to, you tear the couch cushions apart, and you call the family and have them help you look for it. But, but it's there somewhere. And with happiness or positivity, you have to decide. Are you going to look for and find those things that make you happy? Or are you going to look for and find those things that aggravate you, make you miserable? I mean, for example... How many people do you follow online, whether you want to or not, who it seems like they get up every day waiting for something to tick them off to the point that they can rant about it? There are a lot of people that that's, their day isn't complete until they find something to be upset about. But there are people like me and I think like you who we get up, the first thing we're thinking is, okay, what is, what is one person, event, or experience that's going to happen to me today that I can enjoy, that will be positive, fun, that will teach me something or allow me to teach somebody else something. That's, that's the key to finding it. You have to decide. And it's not easy. It's just like when people tell you that affirmations are, will help you. Yeah, affirmations will help you. But you have to practice at affirmations. It's like you have to practice at finding the positive. So start with getting up and thinking there's one thing out there between now and the time I go to bed tonight. There's one thing out there. I'm going to keep looking until I find it. Eventually, you will get to the point where you don't have to work so hard to find the positive, or you don't have to work so hard to ignore the negative. But it takes practice. And even with somebody like me, there are days when things happen, and I'm like, okay, Max, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pull the covers over my head and listen to some cartoons for a while. And that actually did happen to me last fall. I'm uh, traveling, and I'm, I'm scheduled to go to Philadelphia, New York, and Pittsburgh for back-to-back weeks to give talks. Um, MAPCON, WordCamp, New York City, WordCamp, Pittsburgh. And I had, uh, was expecting an answer back from, from Ted's Wilmington, Delaware. So while I'm gone, I get sick. Somehow I didn't manage my money properly or I didn't plan well enough before I left. I ended up sick, broke, and about to be homeless in New York City. Thankfully, some people I'd met online and built relationships with bailed me out. One of them sent me uh, the train ticket back to Houston. The other one sent me a ho- uh, money for a night in a hotel. So that ended a lot better than it could have. I got back home and I'm like, uh, please don't nobody talk to me. I have no interest in doing nothing. Uh, plus I was sick and it took me a month and a half to get to the point where I could even talk or sing right again. So that was one of those times when you really are really, okay, Max, is there something that happened? And Thankfully, the, my friend Joe Pardo sent me the video from, from WordCamp, or excuse me, from MapCon, and I was able to look at the video and listen to the responses people had from the talk I gave up there. I was able, I wrote, I had written a blog post while I was traveling about how losing my suitcase didn't mean I wasn't going to enjoy the, the experience of, of being at the conference in Philadelphia. And as I said, 
I, I rocked the mic even though I was in four-day-old jeans and a conference T-shirt. But you have to decide. What are you going to be? Are you going to be happy? Are you going to be a sad, mad, upset? I totally agree. You've gone through so much. But when we feel conflicted or too much pressure to give up on our goals, what have you done and what can we do to overcome that? Well, when you're under pressure, I find the best thing to do is to think of one thing I can do that will make my situation better. Now, that may be taking a concrete action. It may be avoiding something or to stop doing something that I've done in the past that, I've, that may not be serving me. Sometimes it's just a good distraction. Sometimes it's helping other people. I like to read a lot. I generally listen to audio books for obvious reasons. And although I can listen to text to Kindle books on, on my iPad, but usually audio. And I like to listen to stuff when I'm riding my bike that doesn't go anywhere. But the one thing, one thing I like to remind myself is some days you want a biography or self-help book. Some days you want a Star Wars novel or a Tom Clancy or if, if uh, J.D. Robb has a new Eve Dallas mystery out. We don't, just like somebody who's been on a diet, they may, they may need a salad, but they may want a Snickers bar. So sometimes it's a good distraction. Sometimes it's taking inventory and making a list. I love making a list as a gratitude exercise and a way to get you out of a funk when you're under stress because we do a lot of great things. We don't always give ourselves credit for them. We don't always even notice all of them. But if things are bad, sit down and make a list. Start with your abilities, then go to your skills, then go to things you've done in the last week, months, six months, or year. Make the list. The longer you work on the list, you're be the better you're going to feel and the more things you're going to think of that you didn't think of when you started making the list. It's a crazy thing that, that when, you, when you count your blessings, they grow, and that's not an original statement from me. So how does your religion and what you believe in help you find peace and happiness? Well, I like to tell people that I had, I had faith in God before I had a church. And I do believe that having faith in something bigger than ourselves, being able to pray to God and ask him for his help, guidance, or reassurance is important. There are so many passages in the Bible where he, where he advises us not to be anxious or to let him carry our burdens. The, the best one is throw your anxieties on Jehovah. You know, there are so many things like that. And the Bible is intended to be advice for us no matter what time we live in. And it's intended to comfort us, encourage us, and of course, remind us of the, the kind of life that, that, that our Creator wants us to live. So that's an important part. The other thing is, is regardless of what faith you worship, I, I have no problem saying that me personally, I'm a Jehovah's Witness. I believe that they're, at least they are as close as us humans can ever be to understanding the Bible as it was written and as much as we have, because we all know there are, there's a lot more of the text that just hasn't survived history. So I believe that they have make the best effort of, of getting to the truth of the word. But regardless of what faith you, you worship in, it's important that you go to a congregation where people are encouraged to get to know each other and to have fellowship with each other. There's a line in the Bible, and I'm horrible at, at memorizing things, but it goes something like, don't forsake your meetings as, other, as others in the nations have done. Continue going so that you may incite each other to find works. And so 
We talked about earlier asking people, building relationships, connecting with people as part of your, your journey. One of the best places you can connect with people is people in your church, assuming you go to a church where they encourage that, where they have dinners, where people go to each other's homes before or after a, a, uh, before or after your, your meeting, your services. And that's one of the things we do a lot. So yes, the faith is important. For those people who believe that there's a higher power in the universe, I can totally accept that. I think the dangerous part are the, the ones that, you know, worry me and, and they worry me because of people that listen to them are the ones who advocate that we don't need anybody's help and that we can do this all on our own without any influence from God or from the universe. <sighs> wow. We've had so many inspirational things and now I just need to go through the fun random questions. <laughs> Alrighty. What's the hardest thing you've ever done? Um, becoming one of the few legally blind Eagle Scouts in, and getting my, my award at a court of honor in August of, two, of 1984. That's so cool. Yeah, it took over three years, four summer camps, working on some of the merit badges uh, during school hours even with help from teachers or coaches from my high school at the time. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I really, I really need to mention it more. I, I haven't done a good enough job mentioning it because it's one of those things. I went through it. I did it. I earned it. I worked my, I worked really hard, but I just don't see it as being as big as it is until I tell people about it. So I really need to, to start mentioning that more. That's a really big point. There's a lot of like. For people that don't know, there's a lot of time to merit badges. It's going from the beginning of the, it is a, a lot of hard work. The only thing I didn't do that I wish I had is I'm not an order of the arrow uh, badge holder. And that was mainly because it would have, it would have meant taking time away from the time I had at summer camp to work on the merit badges. I can't believe I totally forgot to ask you what your main blog is. The blind blogger. Like, what well, the I was, was going to get that in eventually. Yeah, people can find me at theblindblogger.net, theblindblogger.net. Um, that's where they can read the blog, follow my podcast, reach out for, for help, suggestions, or just to let me know what they think. And it's also where they can hire me as a speaker or to help them get exposure for, for the work they're doing by connecting them with podcasts and radio hosts. So that's where they can find me, theblindblogger.net. I'm also on most social media, either as the blind blogger or as Maxwell Ivy, but feel free to send me an email to just ask at theblindblogger.net. My personal approach to email is that there I can I can always just press delete if I don't like what people are saying. So I want to make it clear that I want people to reach out to me. Uh, I you never know what's gonna happen when you write an email. It could be the beginning of a friendship. It could be uh, a partnership, a collaboration. It could be just somebody who might be able to offer you an encouraging word every now and then. So be sure and, and send, send an email. Just ask at the blindbarger.net. If nothing else, say, hey, I saw you on with Camden and I loved what you said about this. And be sure, and I'll be sure and share it with Camden because uh, like I said earlier, when you see people doing stuff that helps you. Be sure and let them know about it. Absolutely. Now, again, what is that blog about? Because it seems like it's really cool. Well, it's, 
a combination of a place where people can find the podcast episodes, where they can link to any type of interview or, or recent appearance that I've done. But the main thing it is, it's a place for me to share my, my experiences and the lessons I've learned from them and the lessons I think people can take from them. And of course, it's also a place where people can connect with you through leaving a comment on a blog post. And I get quite a few comments from people who tell me that, that I have challenged them to do more because I take their excuses away. So if we're going to look at it from the point of view of a lot of blogging or business coaches, it's, it's kind of all over the place. There is no one theme to it other than it's all about me sharing my story or the stories of people that, that I like and respect in a way that hopefully challenges people to take action and to move forward. Perfect. Thank you so much for sharing what you got with us. Well, I'm so happy to do it. The one thing I like to make sure I remember to do is, uh, Camden, I know that most people who do these shows are not doing them as a, as a way of getting rich. They do it out of passion or out of a, a sense of obligation to help people like me give us an opportunity to share our stories and inspire others. So I just want to make sure you know how much I appreciate the time, effort, and money that you put into giving people like me a platform. Of course. It's amazing to talking to people like you. Like, seriously, it makes my day. Well, I can't agree with you more. One of, the, one of the main reasons why I do these interviews and why I interview other people is conversations. Because in the more modern electronic world, we don't have conversations as much as we used to. It's all texts, emails, direct messages. But there is an energy that comes from talking to somebody face-to-face -face or voice-to-voice. -voice. There's also a clarity because you can misunderstand stuff in a text message or an email, and those things can get out of hand. But if you talk to somebody and you can hear each other's voice, you can figure those things out and avoid the big, the big hang-ups, the big arguments or fights over, well, what did, what did you mean with that smiley face or that particular text that you sent me? So I really enjoy the energy. I tell my clients that if, if given the opportunity, always schedule your podcast interviews the first thing in your day or the first day of your week, because if you can do a conversation, you can talk with people who get you or who at least made the effort to understand you. If you can talk with somebody like that for 30 minutes or an hour, and you aren't energized, if your day isn't changed, then please stop doing interviews because there's something wrong with you. <laughs> I totally agree. Having an interview on most days right at the beginning of the day, making you get up and talk to people has been so nice. It's better than an alarm clock, that's for sure. Because mm -hmm. for me, I get up, my, alarm, my internal clock goes off. You got two emails from me this morning wanting to know when the link was coming. I put, I take my shower, I put on my dress clothes, I put on my headphones and I think, woo, we're going to do an interview, we're going to have some fun. Doesn't matter what the rest of the day looks like, I'm just focused on the interview. So yeah, I strongly encourage it. Wow, let's be in touch. All right. I definitely love that too. I, I tell people, I'm actually going to give a talk in a couple of weeks. It's called uh, Community Building Through Podcasting because... The other thing that happens after you spend 30 minutes or an hour talking with each other is you've begun a friendship. You can, you can build off of that. You can, you can encourage each other. You can 
go, hey, Max, would you like to come back on again? Or somebody I know needs some help. Would you like, you know, would you, would you be willing to talk to them? It becomes a relationship that starts by sitting down and having a fairly intimate conversation, even if it's about starting a business or a podcast or something. Well, thank you for taking so much time out of your life. Oh, it's fine. I enjoy doing it. I think we both just agreed on that, that we both <laughs> enjoy doing this. So, uh, but, but thank you so much. It's been a great conversation. I feel like uh, uh, today has been even better than most days. It feels like we have really, have, have really clicked. And I'm actually, I've heard your reactions several times to my, to my replies and I'm almost worried that maybe you need some smelling salts or some water or something. Maybe. <laughs> like a reset your hard drive or something, man. I don't know. Yeah. I, I have been a, a professional wrestling fan since I was a kid. And here lately, as I've gotten older, I've, I've, I've not so much, mainly because the product just isn't what it was 10 years ago. But one of the things, they have an expression in wrestling. It's called, it's called putting somebody over. And what that means is somebody with a lot of talent can get in the ring with somebody who has no talent and make the match look good to the people watching on television. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes you have to do that for your guests. You have to reply and your answers end up being, or your, your comments end up being longer than their answers, but you at least keep it interesting so that you don't have a, you don't have that wasted time and you end up with a good episode because the one thing that makes it valuable for being a guest is the host has a following. The people out there that are listening to this show, they're listening to your show, me being interviewed on it, they're listening to it because they like you. They trust you. So if I had been a, if I had been a bad interview and you had to carry the conversation, they would have still listened because they're really here for you. They just happen to listen to me because they like you. Yeah. I say sometimes you just have to re respond to their short answers by putting it in your own words or comparing it to a personal experience you have that because then it seems like you're trying to understand what they just said and put it in terms that makes sense to you. Just like a good student in a classroom who doesn't understand the lecturer, you try to find comparable experiences in your own background so that the stuff, at least if it doesn't make sense, will at least stay in your head. And that's kind of what you have to do with a guest who isn't, isn't there to be expensive. The interesting thing, or it's kind of a little bit of a problem I'm having, is that I've been doing this for a while. I've been being guest on shows for seven years now i'm starting to get to the point where hosts are reaching out to me and the bigger shows the shows with bigger audiences a lot of them have fought have followed this this quote guru quote expert quote advice quote that says you can't have a, a successful podcast if it's longer than 20 minutes so as I do more and more shows, I'm having to get used to giving shorter answers. So your show has been, a, this has been fun. I haven't had to really think about holding myself back or censoring myself or thinking, okay, Max, you only got 20 minutes. You can't spend seven minutes on this answer. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a real extended edition. I'm just going to yeah, break it up into two. But it's great. Like once people start, they'll listen to the whole thing. I just gotta convince people and break it up into two episodes. We'll promote it as a two-parter. That's not a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, break it up into two episodes. Just be sure and send me the links when the first and the second part go live, and I'll put it all, put it out on my email list and on my blog. So awesome. And that's a, and that's another thing. Guests really have an obligation, in my opinion, to promote the show. I understand life happens. It happens to me. Sometimes I don't, do, I don't do everything I want to do. Sometimes I don't get a blog post written about a, about a show, or sometimes I don't get it written when I, 
when I thought I should have. But at the very least, send out an email. Post to Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter, the three big ones. At least show your appreciation by, by hitting the, the easy stuff. The blog post, embedding the, the, the show on your website or putting the link on your website. Some of the other stuff, it doesn't really take a lot of effort, but it's not the stuff you automatically think of. But be sure to do the easy stuff. Send out an email, even if your email list does only 167 people. I mean, if the host gives you video and audio to share, put it up on your website. If, if, if your podcast is posted to YouTube, grab the embed code. Put the YouTube embed code on your website. That does two things. One, it helps people find your interview. And two, it, since it's embedded, they don't have to leave your website to go to the other person's website to watch your podcast. Stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And of course, more and more hosts are putting it in the reply email or they're making you fill out an online submission form. And at the end of it, you have to click a button saying that you're going to. Me personally, it's, it's all about the, the, the guest. I have had, I've, I just, I've released seven episodes since putting my podcast back out on Apple and the other podcast players. Five of those were due. Two of them were previously recorded due to some scheduling problems. Of those five episodes, I have had one, I've had two guests who really went out of their way to promote, including leaving a rating and a review on Apple. One of them was Alex Sanfilippa, who I met at PodFest and who, you know, he's he invited me into his online communities. He has done a lot of things to help promote my, my work. The other one is a guy named Fluffy. He's a blind rapper who's generally known as the Rappin' Ray Charles. He actually reviewed my podcast before he appeared on it. I love it when a host will create the, the post where all I have to do is copy and paste them. But really, a host shouldn't have to do that for me. Yeah. All right. I heard my clock say that the hour is up and we were scheduled for 45 minutes. So if you need to be through, we can be through. All right. Well, let me know what you decide, whether, whether you think we should go with it being all one episode or two parts, whatever. And give me some advance notice so I can help promote it. Of course. I'll stay in touch. All right. I appreciate it. I look forward to that. Be sure and send, send, write me occasionally. Let me know what you're up to. Absolutely. All righty. Have a great day, Max. You too. I'm sure we both will. Thanks for listening to our show. If you enjoyed it, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts and sharing this episode with your friends. It may not seem like a lot, but it could mean everything to us. Remember, our goal is to help as many people as possible to find happiness, and we can't do that without your help. Make sure to tag us at the happiness question when you do so we can thank you personally. Thank you for supporting our show. We hope you have a wonderful day.